A very happy Cyber Wednesday to you. <laughs> and to you as well. So it's the, it's the holidays. Have I ever told you about my seize candy theory? No, I don't think so. So it's that nobody has ever actually paid for seize candy, that it's all just re-gifted chocolate that nobody wants. <laughs> Have you ever been on the receiving end of one of those um, unexciting white and black boxes? Well, I was with you until the end of that sentence. I, I actually very much like C's candy. Well, it, not all C's candy, but, you know. <laughs> uh, the, not, all, not all gamers. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the variety boxes, the, you know, kind of Forrest Gump, you know, life is like a box of chocolates type things, you know. That's, you that's get a good a, accent. Th- thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, those are a bit of a um, a mixed bag, as you would say. But the you know, if you get a type of chocolate that you really like, and you just get a box of that, then then you're good to go. Yeah, I've always found C's candy to be very much like the what's what's the brand name of that really like if you go to the to the Rite Aid or the the CVS or the Walgreens, and you get the like it's it's very low quality chocolate, and that's the one where you get the um, like the the tin of landmines, where sometimes you'll get something and you bite into it and you didn't check the map, and then it's <laughs> it's almond, coconut, rhubarb, um, souffle or something. Like what what's uh, Russell Stover's? Oh, I, I, I found yeah. that I found that C's candy is basically like one notch above. There's like there's just I, I, I struggle to believe that there's anybody who if they had their druthers would not just prefer it. Like if you gave them, if you said, Hey, here's a mystery box of C's candy or uh, here's a king size Kit Kat and some Reese's cups. I think pretty much everybody is going to choose option two. Mm. I don't know. It, 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 again, it, it really depends on what you, um, what you get. I'm well, so what's, what's your, so of if, if you're on, if you're happy with what you got, What's what's your preferred box? Well, that's uh, I'm actually oh, been no. kind of holiday Bordeaux. This, oof, this I've been trying. Good. Well, actually, so I, I'm going to continue to kind of stall for time. So because uh-huh. I'm trying to find the one that I really like because I don't know what it's called. Um, but the C's website is um, it's it's pretty delightful. The the it's kind of a weird mix where most of the website seems you know basically modern ish, but the Kind of the top navigation bar seems like it's it's got a bit of a retro look, I guess. Which one, the volume savings one, or the one where everything's in like Courier New Serifee font? Well, both of those things, and then also the hundred year celebration thing just looks like a... <laughs> it very very much has a um, nineteen ninety eight under construction <laughs> dot gif on like a GeoCities thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um... Gosh, what what in the world are what in the world are these things called? Um, oh, I think, I guess, I guess maybe these are it. Yeah, I I think these are it. Um, I didn't think that's what these were called, but um, the milk caramel patty. It's basically just you know caramel just- inside of of you know a chocolate wrapper, and it's it's they're really good. <laughs> I don't know if you're a yeah. caramel guy, but uh, I am a caramel guy. Mm. Mm. Sorry, I don't. I, I don't have a dog in that fight, but I just felt like I had to. 
Um, tomato, tomato. I, I guess me, a lot of my ill will towards C's candy is one thing I will send you a link to is their purveyors of chocolate on a stick. Oh, yeah. These I'm are not, always bad. I'm not into to these, no. It's just it's like also like when you were a kid, you you'd always felt like um, Tootsie Pops were like the lowest form of candy. Mm, like, because yeah. no part of it was good. You either got like the most disgusting Tootsie Roll if you somehow made it through the end. Like you're like it's the candy equivalent of infinite reading, infinite jest, or like you have these things where like it seems like an old person candy. And keeping in mind that we are old people, but a different kind of old person. <laughs> Apple pie truffle heat. What does heat sensitive mean? Uh, oh, they come in like a, like it's a blue apron box. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, now I sent you this link because they they came out with these. I think these are relatively new. A few, a few years ago, or at least it was the first time I had seen them. They do like a handful of different kind of interesting truffle flavors, including like lemon and key lime and raspberry. And this, um, I'm a, I'm a big apple pie fan, and so the apple pie truffle kind of caught my attention when i first saw these and they, they're they're really good not something you want like every day they're a little on the sweet side but you know yeah we, we've we've talked extensively on the show about my love for novel food and drinks so mm-hmm. you know an, an apple pie truffle is gonna kind of you know fall into that um that interest um box or area if you will got it Okay, well, I guess you've disproved my theory. Because wait, does that does that mean you have or have not directly out of your own pocket spent money at Seas Candy? So I have, but I think your point is still mostly valid. Where did you use a I gift have first? Because res- if it wasn't your own, if it wasn't your own money, it doesn't count. Because I, 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 I because that still counts as regifting it. Because like if you get a, if somebody gets a Seas gift card, nine out of ten people, um, like that one dentist that doesn't recommend gum are not going to actually use it and it's just going to be regifted next time. <laughs> I I did not use a gift card, but I have received C's candy probably, you know, a hundred times compared to the, <laughs> you know, two or three times that I've purchased C's candy. Okay. By by my reverse math, I don't even have to open Excel for this. It means you've received three hundred boxes of C's candy over your lifetime. <laughs> yeah. It's it's probably not not too far off. <laughs> um yeah is c's candy bay area related or no yes i think it has more i think it has more of an uh don't they have kind of a i don't know if it's like the main don't they have a a thing in um no because somewhere here in the north bay I don't think so because because whatever where I'm going with this is that like I'm if I'm gonna go for a um boutique is not the right word, but kind of like a old timey chocolate thing that's actually not that good, I'm gonna go with Ghirardelli that has <laughs> Bay Area vibes. Like it's not great chocolate, but it's it's way better. And like you get yourself like a, a nice Ghirardelli like going back to your a caramel thing. You can go, like I was just at Target, you can go get yourself a nice little like 20-pack of the Ghirardelli squares, and you get some very nice dark chocolate with the caramel in the middle, and it just it melts perfectly, and it's it's great. So I'm not necessarily a big pumpkin spice person, but the, the pumpkin spice Ghirardelli square is, I think, one of the better ones. Oh, dear. You had, you had to take it there. 
Well, I speaking of taking it there, something else that's come to my attention perusing the Seize Candy website here is that they evidently, as part of their um, exotic variety of truffle flavors, um, they have pineapple, which is certainly something I would have tried in the past had I had I noticed this. So I don't know if this is even newer than that apple pie one or what the deal is here, but I this this might have to be. Um, on the list to um, procure sometime between now and the end of the holidays. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there are plenty of seas candy outlets in every <laughs> dying mall in, in, in the U.S. <laughs> I'm sure there's one at Northgate and there's one around here too. Um, you bring up another thing that's been in my, to talk about list for a little bit. Um, I've been considering this as a gagged gift for you, but it's $30 and I don't want to do it. Ouch. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of money for a joke. Um, so this was, I, I didn't end up going, but there was something like, there's some type of like coffee festival that happens out at Fort Mason uh, every once in a while. And this was one of the presenting sponsors and apparently uh, progeny or progeny coffee um, has a pineapple fermented farmer's reserve espresso roast. So, so, so I I have some thoughts here, unless mm -hmm. I don't mean to interrupt you here, but go for it. I find that the tasting notes or in this case, I guess, just like explicit, like flavoring of, of a, either an espresso bean or a coffee bean entirely bullshit. Yeah. Are a lot like wine tasting notes where Mm -hmm. you read it, you read it again. Oftentimes you kind of chuckle because they're, you know, sometimes very silly and then you you know you go to try a taste and you're like yeah i'm not getting any of that like that's definitely with espresso like you know you'll get the like oh this is like nutty or you know hints of chocolate or like whatever it is and i'm like i don't know it just it tastes like espresso (laughs) So, so yeah you're absolutely right and there's so many that will say that oh it's got notes of nutmeg and like in some like and tastes like black licorice and some um I know there's an, I, I love Town coffee, but one of them is, it says like, it has like notes of like sweet tobacco. I'm like, that is not like, I, I'm not sure who, who that's helping, but yeah, the, whenever you're given, uh, indications of what coffee is supposed to taste like when brewed or extracted on an espresso machine, it, it rarely ever lines up to whatever it is. It generally, uh, but again, maybe I have an unrefined palate and maybe, maybe you as well. Uh, that's, that's probably very true. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess to to save you the the thirty dollars, I I would imagine that the this pineapple coffee would would just taste like coffee. Yeah, uh, the description here is not really well, and uh, it, really great. So it says so. Uh, pin, uh, pinita is a treat for those who enjoy fruity coffees, but are not he, uh, not a huge fan of the lingering fruity thick mouthfeel some naturals have and i never want to have to say those words in that order again yeah the the thing about this one too is that i know that i'm not a fan of lighter coffee like i want at least kind of like a medium to to dark roast so which evidently this this does say roast level medium so well but it's all about the finish length Mm. like this this is the m1 max of coffee apparently only only six seconds. I'm I'm more of a you know eight or nine second kind of guy. 
All right. Um, <laughs> just gonna move right past that. Um, yeah, I'm closing the Seize Candy website. It's, up, it's upsetting. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the document, unless you mm. have any other nonsense. Uh, no, 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 no nonsense over here. Okay. I think uh, the follow-up is literally all you, so I can just take a nap. The, f- the first one's you. Is it? Your well, apparently your AirPods keep falling out. Oh, did I send a picture of my Ninja Buds? So it, you did, and I have so many questions. So I'm bummed about the 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 third gen AirPods. Like it was really working for me, but then I I tried using them out and about um, more frequently, and these AirPods like they're they're kind of like they they got bigger, so they're bigger in my ears, and I feel like kind of and not, let's not make this weird but depending on what time of day it is and kind of like earwax levels and stuff like sometimes you get less of a good seal where like if it's windy and you're walking around like sometimes like a bud can fall out and that had not been an issue i've ever had with any other um headphones and yeah like definitely because of the way that the airpod airpods pro wedge into the ears that was not a problem either even though these share a very similar design so i was like yeah this doesn't really really work so what i my solution which has been moderately successful and um if you want you can you're welcome to put that on imager and just make sure that the um gps exit data is stripped out i don't know if slack does that um yeah i use some 3m friction tape uh to just cut like little strips and put them on the inside of the earbuds to add more friction so they're less likely to fall out and i feel like that has mostly solved the issue like they look super dumb now but you can't tell that i've done that while i'm wearing them but yeah like i don't know them them falling out is absolutely a problem for me so i i, I don't know i mean the huge problem yeah um yeah my my airpods follow-up is that i haven't had an issue with them falling out although i think i mentioned this as part of my first impressions and after i guess like a month or so of having them now i still feel the same way they feel like they're gonna fall out yeah I, it's it's like they're 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 a little bit too bulbousy where they don't feel like a, they're a secure fit right and i I've never had one fall out, so I, I guess I'm getting to the point where I'm probably just going to move past that thought here at some point, but it still does kind of feel every time I put them in that they're like about to imminently fall out, but but I've never had that happen to me. The issue that I still have, which this happened literally on the first day that I had them and it's happened, I can't even tell you how many times since then, I drop them all the time trying to get them out of the case. And I, I don't think that ever happened with the first or second gen AirPods. Or if it did, it was like once in four years or however long I had those. But I, I've i dropped at least one of these AirPods for I, a dozen times now. They're so hard to get out of the case. Um, mm. and, so that's, that's, and that's you know. not an earwax issue? Like it's not that they're, they're slippery? No, it's just I, they're. It's just they're. It's hard to to kind of get that initial 
like, you know, pull out of the case. And then when you do, sometimes it's like, then your fingers kind of slip a little bit just because it's, you know, it's kind of that, you know, shiny, glossy, plasticky finish. Um, so yeah, that, that's the issue that I've been having. Um, and then of course the other recurring issue, no matter what kind of AirPods you have is they're just, they're just not very reliable. Like it's just, it's especially when you try to switch them between devices. Oh like, my God. You, you know, you so, get the thing where like only one of them works or you get the thing where you tell it to move from like your Mac to your iPhone and it, it just won't do it until you put them back in the case and pop them back out. It's, they're just, they're just buggy. Can I, can I bring up a complaint? It, it related to that, which is that I, and I'm sure they're working as designed, but, but I, I found myself with the world's most frustrating experience this weekend. So I was trying to watch a sporting event on my iPad at my desk while, but it was on mute while I was trying to listen to a podcast on my phone. And anytime I would do any input to like the, the, the phone and the iPad, they all try to smartly guess which one you want to use. And I could not get it to the point where the, I could just say like, iPad, like I don't want audio. Like I would select um, like the little airplay menu on the iPad and say, iPad speakers and just put the volume down as much as I could. And then I would go back, restart the podcast on my phone and it would latch back on and it would, that would be the Bluetooth device. But if I touched the iPad in any way, the audio would jump back to the sporting event that I hoped was on mute. And it was the most frustrating thing that, that like it, it, I don't know how, like, I don't even know if there's a way to say, stop trying to do, to do this smart handoff thing there there is so you can turn that off just universally but you know the, the shame to. the shame of that is that a lot of times it's that's kind of a nice feature i mean when it, it when it works which is kind of a you know 80 20 proposition but um when you yeah if, you, if you're in a specific use case where you sort of just like temporarily don't want it to do that there's not there's not a great way to be able to do that. Yeah, so that that was super frustrating because um, you'd feel like if you go and explicitly say like, nope, like I've I've made a selection. iPad speakers are what I want this audio to be, and it's like to basically ignore that the second you touch the screen or do anything else. It's just ugh. I I have a very annoying issue, which is I guess very specific to just like my routine, I guess, but. If if I'm going out for a walk, and if prior to leaving for the walk, the last device that the AirPods were paired to was my Mac, what often happens is I go to put them in when, you know, I'm like at the end of the driveway or basically in a place where I'm like still within Bluetooth range of the Mac, but like in a very kind of, you know, I'm, I'm right at the edge of Bluetooth range. That really confuses the heck out of them because mm -hmm. they're like, I guess, still trying to pair to the Mac since that was the last device they were connected to. And so that kind of puts them in some some kind of weird state where it, even if I like, you know, like you were saying, go to the AirPlay menu and like try to like basically manually pair them to my phone, that often doesn't work. And so I have to like put them back in the case, wait until I'm totally outside of Bluetooth range of my house and then put them back on and then it works.
So, yeah. Right. But then there's like, yeah, there, there's flashes of good stuff too. Like where tonight I, I went for a walk and I decided just like not to bring my phone with me. And you do the whole thing where you're, you know, you're, you're listening to a podcast using Overcast on your watch and you've got your AirPods connected to it. And that's, that's pretty neat when it works. Um, but there's just all this, this stuff kind of around that, which, you know, just kind of makes the AirPods more frustrating than they should be. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Uh, what, what else is in follow-up here? Um, oh, uh, some quick, I guess, Apple Watch follow-up. So I, I think I made this a chef special maybe last episode or the episode before that where I think kind of an underrated feature of the Series 7 is the the new fast charging, uh, particularly as somebody who you know does the sleep tracking with their watch and kind of wants their watch off my wrists, you know, for as short of a period of time as possible. Um, and one of the things that I mentioned, which is also what Apple has been saying, which is the only way to do this fast charging is by using the updated cable that comes with the series seven. There's no, no third party adapters or third party cables that, um, support fast charging or at least there wasn't as of the time of that recommendation. But since then, um, Belkin has announced a series of um, charging docks and pads and things that are going to um, support the um, Series 7 fast charging. So that's great. Cool. Um, And then, oh, I guess the last bit of follow-up is also me which is um the upload speeds with comcast's gigabit service are are pretty great you were i I think i kind of poo-pooed that when you mentioned that as being something you really liked about having gigabit service but having you know had it now for a couple of weeks and done some smug mug uploads and some other things it's it's really nice i mean you know, it's grading on a curve where the upload speeds from all of their other tiers of service is, is way too slow. So, you know, the baseline here is lower than it should be. But but nevertheless, you know, I'm I'm getting like 40 up or so, which is about four times faster than what I was getting before. And that that really does day to day make a big difference. You know, I can't say much has changed going from I think I had like 400 down to you know now eight or 900 down like that I can't say I noticed that a whole lot but um the the upload speeds are are really nice yeah like it it, it is still not fast enough and like people in Seattle or, or or true fiber markets can get much more reasonable symmetrical speeds but yeah, I mean, ten ten to forty is a is a huge jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, main business. Uh, do you want to let's let's shuffle this around a little bit? Um, all right, so let's talk about Disney for a bit, and then we'll get mad at Craig for being disingenuous, and then we'll we'll talk about fun stuff. <laughs> all right, so um. Disney, do they have? Uh, no, they haven't had a recent news report. It's just a couple of uh, assorted other news stories. So, 
What is the name of Hulu's YouTube TV thing? Is it just Hulu Live TV? I, I, it might even just be like Hulu with live TV. I don't think it has some kind of catchy name. Got it. So, yeah, I mean, they have, they have their cord cutter product, and I think it's like 65-ish a month, but now there is a bundle that you can get that you can get the, the Disney trifecta, and then that ends up being, I think, what was the total I put into Slack? I think it's like $78. Yeah. Oh, no, so having one to, to, I don't know, this eighty four eighty nine is probably with people who sign up for, like, um, third-party bundles. Yeah, so it's um, beginning December 21st, Hulu plus Live TV package will cost $5 more each month. It will go up to $70 for the ad-supported tier of Hulu's on-demand service and 76 for ad-free Hulu. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean it it just it, I mean we we've, we've been saying this for years like the the math just doesn't add up. Like I mean if you took the 400 megabit per second internet plan that I had there for a while on a standalone basis from Comcast, that was 80 bucks a month. So then if you layer this thing on top of that, you're up to, you know, what 1 155ish. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, by rebundling TV with internet, I'm getting gigabit speed on my internet and live TV for I think it's like 125 bucks a month. So then, okay, you know, you you add Disney Plus on top of that, and I guess Hulu on top of that, and you're still, you know, you're still coming out ahead with faster internet speed. So the the math on this, you know cord cutter streaming tv stuff just you know it doesn't really seem to add up unless you're in kind of a rare um location where you can get like you know at&t fiber or something where that this the prices on that do actually seem to be low enough where you could get your internet and tv separately yeah and and, and the other reason i bring this up is like this is like if you think about that as being like the all in price for like all that Disney has to offer, like that's a, that's a lot of money for content from like, and I understand that the TV package has stuff from a lot of people, but that's basically just, it's, it's, it's Disney plus a fairly small bundle of cable channels, $76. That's yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot of money. I guess that, yeah, that's the part of it that I didn't actually even look into, which is like, so Hulu, plus live tv or whatever it is like what is like what is that channel channel lineup like it's it's like the standard 40 to 50 channels that you get with every whether you do sling or you do youtube tv it's it's kind of the you don't get everything but you get like comedy central and espn and msnbc or whatever because mm. i mean yeah, that's the other thing with this this comcast bundle thing that i'm on now too is it's it's i think it's 125 channels and I get HBO and Showtime included with that too. So, yeah the 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 math on this streaming stuff just it it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah. Um. With that being said, the Wall Street Journal had a, an exclusive about um, NBC and Comcast uh, looking to pull more of their content off of Hulu. So that they have more reason for people to sign up for Peacock, which I mean makes makes sense. Um, like when, like in advance of Peacock launching, and 
in advance of HBO Max launching, uh, Netflix had tons of deals with um, various providers. And, like, and that's the reason why uh, like Seinfeld and Netflix and, and Friends and The Office and all that kind of stuff was on Netflix for a while and then just gets gradually pulled off because you want to keep your your prized, most in-demand content like on your in-house brands. But yep, so same thing is happening with Comcast and Disney this go-around. I mean, it isn't the inevitable place that we're headed towards that Comcast has their 10% or whatever it is remaining stake in Hulu bought out and then Disney kind of incorporates Hulu as like another, you know, channel or section of, of Disney plus kind of similar to what they've done internationally. Like, isn't, isn't that sort of inevitable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then rounding out the Disney stuff, uh, apparently um, at the end of this year, or based on the most recent numbers provided by Disney, uh, ESPN's total U.S. domestic cable carriage numbers have fallen another 10%, where it is now only, from the people who subscribe to cable, it's available in 76 million households. And I think at its peak, it was over 100 million. So, um, for the most expensive part of most people's cable bundles, I mean, that, that seems concerning. Um, and that's where I don't entirely understand, I mean, I get it, but what Disney's over the top ESPN strategy ultimately is because ESPN plus is, as we've talked about, like extremely niche content. And the stuff that would never really make it to ESPN proper anyway, or is from sports with limited appeal that would get somebody to sign up for one of those things. So if the number of people subscribing for to traditional cable or the people who are maybe opting out of ESPN and those types of bundles when available, yeah, know, it seems like more and more of an issue and where kind of the whole thing where HBO for a while just didn't really want to rock the boat because they had such a good deal with cable companies and they maybe weren't going into the over the top era all in. So yeah, curious to see how that works. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a month or two ago where, you know, speaking of economics of the streaming stuff not really working out live sports is the the huge question mark where you know i think we're going to get one more round of sport contract renewals come up where you've got all these new streaming services that everybody's looking to get off the ground so people will kind of overpay in order to be able to do that but then kind of the go around after that it's really hard to say like where where the money's going to be um there was also i I can't remember if this was on upgrade or downstream or where where this was but i thought it was really interesting to think about this kind of this other big concern that all the the leagues have to have which is if you've got all these kids who are growing up without live tv really of any sorts who then basically just don't really have access to live sports and therefore just kind of don't 
really get interested in in a particular league or team or whatnot that just that then that's like an even bigger problem then it's just sort of like you're you're not really growing your overall fan base i thought that was kind of a really that's another interesting um kind of consequence of this shift to streaming or i guess really specifically the shift away from having live tv well yeah i mean and and that's the problem with like the the average age of a major league baseball viewer is just so old where you're just not replacing people as fast as you need to and like it's, it's like why there's so many empty stadiums like kids don't care about sports I, and like i would feel like you can correct me if i'm wrong that the nba probably of the major sports has the youngest fans is that off base or is that probably accurate that's probably true yeah yeah i mean like football might be a close second but also i think i i think most kids also don't don't give a rat's behind about football either i don't know but yeah, that, that, that's definitely be a problem where if you don't grow up with sports being ubiquitous and like the same thing, like where I feel like, like Monday night football used to be like an institution. And I think like the ratings are way down for that. And I don't think anybody actually cares anymore other than like, because the conversation around football is always like dudes 30 and up. And then that's pretty much it. And then and generally skews much, 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 much older. Like the people who care about college football who don't actually attend college or like it's it's middle-aged dudes right yeah and i i think actually your um point of bringing up monday night football is a really good one or at least it's one that i can relate to where like you're totally right as a, as like a kid you know my my family which you know we didn't grow up like huge football fans or anything but like monday night football was like a thing that we kind of got excited about and you know watched together a bunch and you know, we like grill hot dogs and stuff on, you know, before the game. And yeah. And like now I wouldn't even think of really ever doing that. So, so yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're spot on with that. I thank you. Um, all right. Did you watch, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Did you, did you watch this, uh, Craig Federighi thing? It's fine if you didn't. I, I did not, I did not watch it, but I'm interested to hear your summary of it and your overall opinion of it. Sure. So just put a link in the show notes to um, Gruber's thing, but apparently there's something that happens in Portugal, maybe called web summit. And it seems very rare for Apple um, to send off a high level executives to speak at random tech conferences. But um, and also, if you can put a link to the YouTube video of the um, of his keynote address, but yeah, Craig Federighi goes goes on stage, talks about safety and security and privacy of the open web and stuff like that, and talks about why the App Store has been so great and why one of the key reasons it is so great is because you have a single source of applications and installs, which is makes customers more willing to try new applications, but also. Um, keeps everybody safe by letting Apple be the gatekeeper. He talks at length about how sideloading would be the absolute worst thing that could happen to the modern computing era. And I'm not even joking when I say that that's how emphatic he puts it. He also makes a really, really bad analogy, an extended analogy about home security, 
and something about like how they like let's say the city required you to have like a, a, a garage side door that allows you to have like your packages delivered but also criminals can get it like it's very bad and it's the, the only reason like we're talking about it is because it's just strange and like, i'm not sure that's that apple's nervous but that they would send him out to do that to make a point that is anybody can see through very 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 easily i don't know like there's there's not a whole ton here like it's it's it wasn't a, a compelling presentation or something that's really that interesting other than the fact that it happened and that that's weird and like in this in this article Gruber points out that it like it's kind of similar to there was like back when there was like the um google and apple hearings and everybody was talking about like the restrictions that they have on the app store and then apple released this white paper talking about how uh side loading would be the the absolute end of secure computing and, and blah 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 so this was one level above it but it still wasn't very good and it, 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 it like it, his presentation left out uh, giving credence or, or entertaining the most obvious questions that somebody would have so like i don't know it's just it's worth a watch if somebody wants to have it in the background but yeah just the fact that it happened was really strange and kind of curious yeah the the way that apple has sort of dug in their heels around app store policies and side loading it just seems really really short-sighted and and misguided and ultimately i think doesn't serve them well i think they'd be much better off trying to find ways to open up the app store and loading a third-party software outside the app store on the iphone and that you know, in the long run, I think could actually be even potentially a, a good thing for them or at worst kind of a, a neutral thing for them. Do you honestly think that's the solution? I mean, I, I think so. I don't I don't think having Apple's platforms be locked down in the way that they are forever is the right answer. So it seems like if you take it as a given that those are going to have to change, would I mean, wouldn't Apple want to be the one to kind of dictate those terms? I mean, kind of, but like what? I I mean, the the alternative being inelegant government legislation is like not ideal, but like this all does seem like it could be avoided if they just gave up. Because like in this the thirty the percent thing, like nobody would be talking about this if they if the percentages was like ten percent. No like no nobody there wouldn't be a large enough audience to force government scrutiny and all that kind of stuff. Because I don't think whenever this comes to a head that anybody actually cares that Apple is the one doing app review and it improves what goes in the stores. The fact that they have an economic incentive to make it so that people are paying whether they like to or not to use their payment processing service and that's the thing I, like I don't, I don't want to get into it right now but the whole google is charging people like a, a a percentage even if you use an outside app store thing that basically it's whatever google plays cut would have been like less four percent so ultimately you're still paying the exact same thing i don't know like like side, side loading is not the solution and i i 
don't see how that makes anybody safer or better. But the whole thing is that Apple is doing this to themselves and doesn't need to be dealing with this over a minor amount of services revenue. Like it's, it's the same story that's been for three years where if they just did different things, this would, this would not be a problem. Right. Um, all right. Do you care that Twitter has a different CEO now? No, not, not really. I, I, I've, I've really, I think I've done it this time. I've been off Twitter for, it's been a couple of months now. Like I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even do, I don't, you know, I don't do your thing where I'm allowing myself, what, what do you do five or 10 minutes a day on Twitter.com? Like, I don't even do I've, that. I haven't done that in four months. I don't, I don't yeah. care about Twitter. I don't like it. Yeah, I I just between, you know, selectively um allowing a handful of different news apps to do push notifications and the handful of RSS feeds that I subscribe to and then, you know, just popping into, you know, newyorktimes.com or whatever every once in a while like those combination of things sort of give me the amount of news at a um, fast enough kind of frequency where I I don't really feel like I need Twitter. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of I think I'm like officially off Twitter, and then may, maybe when Darth comes back, I'll kind of just look at his feed. But mm-hmm. no, that that's been the same grace. You just do Shift Command N Twitter dot com slash Darth. You yeah. do that every couple of days, and you you get what you need. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the sorry, the story is that Jack Dorsey, who is doing uh, double duty as CEOs of both Twitter and Square, is now doing only Square, and they are promoting their CTO to be CEO. All right. I didn't actually read this Peloton thing, but I do think it should go in the show notes. Uh, did you read it beyond the headline? Yeah, I, I've actually, I, I don't know if... Maybe this was like a leak or something, um, but I had heard about this this kind of video game thing that they were coming out with, or maybe they had it like in a beta test or something, but um, I actually think it's really, I think it's a neat idea. I think, you know, I maybe I even mentioned this when I was kind of talking about Peloton an episode or two ago, where I think one of the strengths of their platform is the variety. Like they really do have like I mean, even putting aside the like strength training and meditation and like all that all the kind of non cycling stuff that they have, like even if you just think about the cycling stuff, just the variety of classes that they have on the bike i I think is 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 something that I've been really impressed with, and I think keeps the workouts really kind of fresh and interesting, so the idea of introducing kind of video game style workouts to that mix, I think is a, I think it's a good idea. And it, you know, it, it won't appeal to everybody. Like there, there is definitely a segment of, you know, Peloton owners who very much, you know, relate to an instructor or two and kind of, you know, really come back to the, the bike or the treadmill or whatever they have, like for a specific instructor and, you know, maybe a, a game won't appeal to to those people, but um, you know, if you're just looking for variety, 
then I think this is a smart idea. Yeah, I, it it seem it seems neat. I don't, I don't know why when when I saw this, like it initially made me think of the whole thing where like aren't there like games you can play in the Tesla where you use the steering wheel and stuff? Well, yeah, there are, but that's. I mean, don't get me started on all those. Those are so dumb because. Well, yeah. So that that's what like, made, that's what made me think of of this. Which, but like, this seems better, but seems kind of in the same vein as that. But also, is it the like the I I've like I've never used a Peloton bike, but isn't it very like other than like the resistance knob? Isn't it like a very simplistic bike? Like, I I don't really know what how much of an immersive gaming experience. Or or anything that you're going to get with this, other than like yeah, I can't think of what game would be like. Hey, pedal faster or slower, and that's pretty much it. It's a fair and, point. No, no, I think you're right. Um, they're going to have to. I don't know. They're going to have to make the game somewhat interest. Like actually, you know, maybe an analogy I can I can sort of think of, which is I think getting to the same point that that you're getting at, which is one of the things that they have, um, which is either new or they've just recently promoted it or something, but um, they have these scenic rides where, you yeah. know, where it's, it's kind of the same. Like I, I, so I've done one of them and yeah. I, I just, I didn't find it very interesting well, because, because like tre- treadmill companies have had that too, or like, is it the same thing where it's basically, like some dude on a bike, like kind of rode with like a 360 camera. And just like, as you're riding, you're just looking at like some yeah, like, like a mountain in New Zealand or like a city, something. Yeah. yeah although, although it, exactly. I mean, my specific problem with it, which I think you could probably solve for in a game was that one of the things that's really nice about the workouts is that they're very guided. Like it's not ambiguous what you're supposed to be doing like it you know the instructor is verbally telling you and there's graphics on the screen and with the you know extra fancy bike that i have like it even adjusts like the resistance automatically for you whereas with like the scenic workout it it doesn't have any of that it kind of just is like just kind of do what you want to do and that that's not i like to be told (laughs) what i'm supposed to do when i'm working out Um, mr shit what's his name Ben Aldis. Yeah, Mr. Aldis. Right. Ben, hashtag Ben's army. Um, no. That's, I, I'm not a part of that, but apparently that's what his fan group is called on Peloton. Um, there's a Twitter, there's an Instagram account. Banger after banger, now on demand. Yeah, that's kind of, that's. that's oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, he, I, he, I think, if if you had a Peloton, I think, I think you would also connect with him as an instructor i like how they there's and it's on it's on a it's on a black square background so of course uh quoting the great ben aldis find a group of people who challenge and inspire you spend a lot of time with them and it will change your life thanks ben Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) um but anyway I, i think the peloton game could be guided in a way like a workout but i but i i take your point that it's tough to say what its hook would be other than just i guess some pretty graphics and some good music so yeah i don't know i'm I'm interested to see what it is got it all right um 
So I got a question for you. And this goes mm-hmm. back to your um your your night job or your secondary your second career um as mixologist and bartender. Mm-hmm. So do does do any of the cocktails that you make? Sorry, this is a very abrupt transition from Mr. Aldous, who's probably talking about a very, very clean lifestyle and your body is a temple and everybody should just be drinking kale smoothies. Um, and now we're going to talk about egg whites. So do you ever make cocktails that um, have competing flavors that are uh, suggested to be combined with egg whites to kind of make a foamier texture and also to offset that a little bit? So I really enjoy cocktails with egg whites, particularly something like a Pisco Sour, mm-hmm. but I, I have never tried to make one myself. So I've only ever had them when someone who knew what they were doing was making them or if I was like, at, you know, at a bar or something when, you know, I used to go to those. Interesting. So that 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 is what brings us up, which is that there was a nice uh tequila bar that had a, a very good drink i was like i'm like this seems like something i can make at home and you know i'm always about like like mezcal is like very i mean that's that's my preference with that and yeah like it's, it's always been something that's good when somebody else makes it but i've always thought like no, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna mess this up or it's gonna be pretty lousy and i tried it and it wasn't disgusting but like it just wasn't the same and like this recipe of like i don't think i've ever had a was it called a pisco sour Right. Yeah. It, it's it's very very similar to what you're showing here with this mezcal sour, but you know pisco instead of mezcal. Yeah. So I I did not have whatever amaro montenegro is, and and again I, I we've talked about my aversion to never wanting to shop at Bevmo. Um. Like yeah, I I don't know if I need to buy all this stuff, but I did try to make something that was as close to this as possible, but, but it just felt like. It, like it says you're supposed to use one large egg white and i it, was, it wasn't a very big egg but it felt like too much so i don't know like i i need to i don't know if there's if people are still doing like zoom bartending classes or something like that but i i would want to know if this if there's a way to make this better cuz yeah i was i always really really appreciate those when i get um when there's like a citrusy tequila or mezcal drink that um involves an egg white so I was wondering if you had any hands-on experience with that, but I guess I, I, something you I tried do. in the new year. Yeah, I, I I don't. I guess, and maybe this is a really dumb question, but like, is is there not anything like special you have to do when handling the eggs? Because like, yeah, like raw so, so, eggs is like not really something you're supposed to generally do, right? Well, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've only done it once. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I, I think it's just like, like the quality of the eggs. Like, you, you shouldn't be using borderline eggs. Like, you shouldn't, like, you shouldn't, like, like fresh using... eggs is what you want to be. Using. Yeah, but not too fresh. Like, you know, mm. you don't want to go to. Like, I, I wouldn't really want to do farmers market eggs because you know, like, if it, I, I want. Well, fresh from or... the grocery store. Yeah, I want the 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 niceish organic, like cage-free fair trade what a buzzwords eggs but not the ones that came straight from like a farm in petaluma because that like i mean i I don't know like i want something that's not close to expiration but also something that is not so farm fresh where i'm going to be concerned I, I want yeah i don't know i want i want something in the middle where i can reasonably not think i'm going to get sick from from egg whites in this drink 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and I and I always struggle with this where I don't want. I got again cozy apartment problems, but I don't want to have that much specialty stuff for drinks where you're you like you keep like three bottles of whatever it, it's just... it's an issue like even in the you know not cozy apartment size but small house you know size situation like i'm in i do i end up with bottles and bottles of random syrups and bitters and things that you know i'm i'm literally gonna have <laughs> forever just because you know you only use half an ounce you know, in a drink that you make every month and a half or something. And yeah, it, yeah, it, my, my fridge has too much of that stuff. So I, I hear you on that. Yeah. Cause I think, I think I only have like four different, um, like specialty liqueurs. Like, I mean, like excluding just like tequila, mezcal, gin, bourbon, like all, like the, the standard, like liquors that would go into it. But like, yeah, all this other stuff, I don't, I don't really know. But also, getting kind of tired of paying sixteen dollars, sixteen dollar a drink Bay Area prices for stuff. So, well, you know, the the other solution is to really just kind of go go down the old man path, like I've gone down, which is, you know, when I was younger, I liked all the you know fruity cocktails and hard seltzers and all all that stuff, right? In the past, oh yeah. No, that was never mind. No, I mean you know I'll. <laughs> it's, it's also kind of present day. Well, kind of, but mm-hmm. only in a like very, very sure. occasional sure. and kind of funny way. Yeah. Um, but then you know I kind of transitioned into simpler cocktails, where like an old fashioned or like a Manhattan. Those are still my you know my go tos. Um, but that's that's really even further evolved to just like you know just a a neat pour of bourbon or something like that's that's fine too so like you know kind of gets me to to a point where i don't really need a bunch of the fancy ingredients because yeah i'm perfectly content with just a you know a pour of of a good bourbon so that's that's potentially one of your answers is just just enjoy drinking a a neat spirit and you know you don't have to worry about having mm. any sort of egg whites or nah. syrups or whatever nah. because at that point i would just like to open a bottle of sparkling wine like i don't well sure i mean that that works too whatever, Wait, but, but that's you know, easy. whatever you like well but like uh, there, there is a, a bit to the process like because uh, well, i i sure. because yeah. i do like uh, like there are a couple like again like a french 75 or which combines actually all of this which is basically it's just gin simple syrup and um uh lemon juice or lime juice one of the two i know they're different but i don't know which one offhand specifically and then just kind of like uh yeah just just sparkling wine and then like a paloma like there's a lot of really good simple drinks but there are some where yeah maybe i just need to like i really wish there was a good book or website or resource that kind of explained this stuff in simpler detail like i i, I would it would be a fascination or a curiosity for me to be able to try to make up my own drink, but know the fundamentals of what makes things work together. Like I would like to know how, like just kind of like, you know, like an entry level cooking class would tell you how flavors work together. 
I'd, I'd kind of want to know that. No, I'll, I'll have to look up this link. The the lady friend got me a, a cocktail class, which we took together years ago. And that, that's literally what it was. It was it, it was the fundamentals of cocktail making. And it's it's all ratios. That That's all it is. So when you know the... I mean, you, you could just Google search this too. Just look up the standard cocktail ratios. And that's that's what you play with. Well, no, but, but I mean like kind of like, okay, th- this type of... Like gin works explicitly well with this, and here's where you might need to offset it with some sugar. Or... Uh, well, I mean, I think I think that stuff you just kind of learn trial and error and over time. Oh, yeah, but I, I, but I'm I'm also a, a conscientious neighbor where I don't want to const- like to be um, being like, oh nope, that didn't taste good. So let me just keep making at nine o'clock at night cocktail shaker noises just <laughs> over and over and over again on top of um, whatever album Taylor Swift has just re-recorded. So. <laughs> Yeah, but I do, uh, I do, I, I, I just hate that BevMo does the driver's license swipe. Otherwise, I would go buy whatever Amaro Montenegro is. And just because this is the one don't, drink don't I would. Gro- don't grocery stores do that too? Doesn't no, like Safe, Safeway do Safeway that? and Trader Joe's is looking at your ID. I, I don't like that. We, we, we've talked about this at length. I, I, I just disagree. I thought, I thought BevMo is not the only place that's ever done that. Like other than the DMV and BevMo, nobody, uh, they're just like, oh yeah, you definitely look like you're in your mid thirties. Uh, and, and then that's it and then they they're like yeah time's rough but my um my kind of white whale with you know trying to make a cocktail that i enjoy at home is i i really i, I really like irish coffees and specifically um buena vista in san francisco which claims to be the the birthplace of irish coffee and, and makes a um fantastic one um you know, they, they have a very like open bar so you can, you know, watch them make it. You can see exactly the Irish whiskey that they use. You can see the heavy cream that they use. You can see the whole thing right in front of you. And I've, I've watched them do it. I've bought all the exact ingredients that they have. And I've just, <laughs> they've just never, never been as good at home as they are there. So maybe maybe someday something like it's kind of it's kind of like what's the um the dumb thing about plumbers or like the, the expression of um it it's not it, like the, the value of the 150 dollars of getting a plumber to come out is, is not the time it takes but to know which like wrench to turn yeah like it's like it's, it's that learned experience that unless you and also, who, who, yeah, who's that guy? Like, I, even though I know it's bullshit, the the, the ten thousand hours thing from that one, mm, from that one guy who Mal- Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, that that, that yeah, <laughs> his whole yeah, thing. You don't, like, you don't like him? I hate him. Like, he, I, I don't oh. like his pop science turns out bullshit. He, he sorry, hmm. he he I writes like book. He writes. Okay, then I'm not going to say what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, good save. <laughs> <laughs> he, he 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 yeah he he writes a very much a turns out book or like a book where okay edited for for posterity or mm. for, for for safety all right uh anyways so i write cocktails i will report back when i have more info on this but yeah i would love to know more yeah if, if, if people want to email ryan not me um of what the best uh citrusy drinks are that are not like hawaiian island drinks that is what i'm all about well i I really a gin or mezcal and a little bit of citrus is is my yeah so a gin a gin gimlet's what you should be making 
so, so I that's... made this weekend a French gimlet, which uh, uses elderflower liqueur, which is actually very, very good, which I had on hand. It's one of the few things I was trying to do. I was trying to recreate that Pico drink that has been discontinued. Mm. Um, and I'm getting closer to it. But um, yeah. Uh, so wait, what's in um, what you what gin gimlet? Yeah. So with, with so with this kind of gin and citrus combination, it's it's a two to one to one ratio. So two parts gin to one part um, citrus to one part simple syrup. And so I think most commonly it'd be lemon juice. So you do two ounces of gin, an ounce of lemon juice, and an ounce of simple syrup. And that's that's a fantastic, simple combination. And that's like that's a really good example of then like something that you can then just kind of riff off of where, you know, instead of lemon juice, you use grapefruit juice or something like that. And then you just kind of you kind of play with it. Or, you know, maybe you try instead of just regular simple syrup, maybe you go out and get, you know, some kind of spiced syrup or something and, you know. Yeah. But, the, you know, the, that two to one to one ratio, that's kind of like your your building block. And you just kind of, you know, experiment from there. Can I make a confession? Hmm. Anytime a recipe calls for fresh squeezed lime or lemon juice. Oh, you just you use the bottled stuff. <sighs> Oh, I, I know it's, 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 I'm never going to do it. I it's don't, a, it's I a don't thing. Care. It's a thing. It's a thing in the household here where, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the lady friend likes the fresh squeezed stuff and that's, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, but for me, I, I guess I get, you know, going way back to the beginning of the episode here and not having a very refined palate. I, in a blind taste test, there is a 0% chance I would ever notice the difference between fresh squeezed lemon juice and something that I bought out of a bottle from Target. Um, so for me, it's, you know, yeah, I, I, I always have a bottle. We are literally flashing back to three hours ago of me picking up a bottle of that real lemon from concentrate. Yeah. From the oh, target. yeah. No, that's I, I always have a bottle of that. And then they've, you know, they've got lime juice as well. I've, I've always got that in my fridge. And that's that's usually what I go to. Oh, pretty good. All right. Um, we got anything else, or are we gonna have a short show? I'm gonna just jump right to chef specials. I think we can have a a short show. Let's do it. Um, what in the world was? Oh, I I know what I was gonna throw out there this week. Um, so this is a very uninspired and very very late chef special, but. The lady friend and I have been finally watching Shit's Creek. And it's it's is really good. Not not a you know hot take or anything here or any kind of original thought like this. I know the show's been on for years and years and actually is now over, but yeah, it it's really it it's really good. Did did you watch it? I at the urging <clears throat> At the, at the prodding of many people, I watched three episodes of it, and I hated it. I, Interesting. I, yeah. Does it get better? It does. Yeah. It. it didn't. You know. I don't. This is this is the 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 number one thing I hate when someone recommends a show is oh you got to give it a you know six episodes or like you've got to just get through the first season or like whatever. Okay. Well, then do you um, want to clean my house for me while I while I while I waste <laughs> four hours on this? So sure. Um. I actually don't, I don't have some kind of like magic number of episodes or number of seasons or something, but all I can say is that it didn't, it didn't click for me right away. I, I remember we watched the first couple of episodes and I, 
I didn't think it was bad, but I just I was kind of like oh, I I don't know that that's there's just okay, but like it just the, the premise seems like and one I just one I hate the show name like I I I don't think uh, swear word puns are funny. Well, you know what's you know what's ironic about the name is that they actually do something which I think is really effective. Like I remember, like Breaking Bad used to do this too, where like weren't they allowed like two f bombs a season or something? So they had to be like really selective in the way that they. Like, it wasn't like a Veep situation where it's just every other word is a swear word. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to be really selective about it. That's actually the way this show is too, where they actually very very seldom swear, and when they do, it's 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 really funny because they don't do it very often. So that's. The the name actually is kind of misleading, where yeah, swearing is not part of the show. And actually, even it's kind of funny. Even like the name of the town actually doesn't hardly ever come up in the show either. So that's not even really a that's not a recurring bit or anything. So can you explain why? Because like I just I don't because you start of... you, it's you, it's it's the you know it, it's the Mad Men thing. You just you start to care about the characters like there's no plot like the show doesn't or at least i think we're maybe almost through season three or something at this point like there's no there's no elaborate plot there's no i mean the really the the episodes could almost be just watched even like on a standalone basis like there are some recurring plots but um you just you, you just you start to care about the characters and you start to kind of find their idiosyncrasies funny so i guess in in 20 seconds give me a plot summary or like describe an episode that you thought was exceptionally funny and just yeah just because i i yeah i just i saw nothing in the three episodes i watched that made me want to continue to watch more i don't i don't really even know if i could give you like a storyline or an episode it just it'd be more about just the characters like i really find david who's the son just to be he's just he's just really funny um yeah i I don't know does it somehow ever evolve past oh hey rich people are no longer rich humor because i guess that's that's it does yeah it does they they start to befriend the people of the town and it yeah, like they're they're kind of like past life and them having a lot of money. Like that does come up, but like it's not it's not the only topic, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's 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 a funny show and it's it's you know, I think I've I've said this before, like, you know, we always like to have one of these shows in the rotation. So like, you know, we'll we'll have maybe a more serious show or whatever kind that we're kind of watching, but then it's there's it's good to have kind of the palate cleanser kind of like the end of the night just a little lighthearted thing to watch before bed and you know that's it's the perfect show for that and what and it's you know it's, what what is it on netflix okay the entire series yeah yeah, yeah. it's okay. at least in the u.s that it's a it's a netflix thing um and it's you know it's it's 20 minutes an episode basically and there, there's only 12 episodes a season or something like so it's not and i think there were only six seasons so it's not it's not a big investment at all um yeah it's 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 funny i like it okay it's it's a you know it's got a i know like the comparison to like arrested development i've heard a bunch and it's 
I don't know. It, it, I, I see I see where people are going with that, but... Because that's it's, exactly what it is. Or, I mean, like, in, from the initial premise of, hey, rich people no longer rich, it's mostly that. Yeah, but Arrested Development was so over the top. Whereas, like, Shit's Creek's actually, it's very kind of, it's it's very understated in a way. Where, like, Catherine O'Hara again, is understated? Well, I guess, like, also, like, to draw the Mad Men comparison again, like, like, nothing really ever happens in the show. Like, there's not, there's not some big plot twist or, like, some, like, like, with Arrested Development where there'd be kind of, like, a joke that would kind of, like, build and build and build. Like, you know, the, the, the light trees and stuff or whatever, like in Arrested Development. Like there was there's there's none of that in Shit's Creek. Like it's very just like I don't know, Seinfeldy, I guess. We're just like nothing really nothing actually really meaningful generally happens. But so it's just kind of the way the characters interact together. It's funny. Hmm. Oh, and then what I was gonna ask is what so then what is your serious show? We actually don't have one at the moment. Can you I, think and I, I, watching? I know, I know. It's, <sighs> it's, 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 yeah, it's going to happen. Um, there, it, we're, we're kind of like, we're in the thick of live sports right now. So that, that takes up some time. And then the other thing I've got coming up here, which you're going to chuckle at, is we've got this new Matrix movie coming out <laughs> towards the end of the month. Um, and so I, I want to rewatch the first three of those before that happens so that that's going to take up some time. So succession will happen, but not, not right away. Well, yeah. All right. Uh, to round this out, uh, my, I'm going to go for a, um, a three peat pick. So this is something I've recommended twice before and it is, uh they've done an amazing job again so it's getting recommended a third time unprecedented third time in these unprecedented times uh this is macmeanoffer.com so let's say you are trying to get rid of um a bad computer uh because there's a new one that's out that's a good computer and you don't want to deal with ebay anymore and you just want to sell your mac I uh, can go to MacMeAnOffer.com. I have sold my last three computers to them, and it's always hassle-free and super easy. And I am now rid of my 13-inch Intel MacBook Pro, and I got to check in like four days, and I'm done. Yeah, yeah, place. that's that's so that's so much better than doing the the eBay thing or whatever. Yeah, and actually, unrelated. Um, when I was upgrading to the iPhone 13 Pro that I don't like because um, the camera's worse, um, Apple, for the first time in a long time, actually had good trade-in value on their own. Like, they just offered an, in uh, an instant $640 for my iPhone 12 Pro, which was, well, that's plenty. I mean, if you're doing the, and the whatever, the iPhone upgrade program or the annual upgrade cycle thing, like that's actually more than fifty percent of what a ten ninety nine phone would have been. So yeah, yeah. But no, MacMeanOffer dot com. You just tell them the configuration of it. They send you a prepaid shipping label. You send it back, and then once they've evaluated it, which takes like twenty four hours, they uh, mail you a check. And I, th I think I got a fair price for it. I, I ended up getting thirteen hundred dollars for the computer. 
which I mean, I had bought 18 months prior for 27, but I mean, it's an Intel computer that nobody's ever going to want. So I, it seems to have been a decent deal. Yeah, it's really, it'd be really interesting to know what, what they then do with it now. Like, I mean, I assume, like, because, I mean, these new MacBook Pros are expensive as hell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that's actually, yeah. No, that, that's that I have, that's like, true. Even though, like, I now kind of regret getting the, I don't regret, but I mean, I, I feel like until I start doing intense photo editing or things on the computer, like, the extra GPU cores are doing absolutely nothing. So, the well, yeah, because, is, but aren't, aren't you intentionally not doing anything? <laughs> well, yeah, but that's because you ruined my, because you put the, uh, you, poured water all over the coals on my idea of my second one uh just because there is no monitor that i could use to have it as a desktop i don't know but yeah but i mean yeah but like that because the computer i got like is like 3600 like so I, I assume there's still an audience for people who want a semi-recent mac for no oh, fifteen hundred dollars or whatever they're gonna refurb it and sell it for yeah but anyway they're super easy to deal with and yeah for the past five years they've always done the right thing so yeah they're cool <laughs> 